The phone conversation between fantasy veterans Bob Harris and Matt Waldman is a quick and dirty rundown of players, units, or teams from Sunday's games. Feel it or fuck it is our instant verdict on the fantasy value of a player situation, not the ability, effort, or character of the player. This is just how two old-timers in this industry talk when they got a lot of cover in a little time. Week two, Bob. Let's get at it, my man. Oh, my gosh. Uh, week one was a liar. Week two is like telling us entirely different stories, and I'm here for it. I like it. We're going to get, and we're not going to even have a consensus till about week four, I think. So, no, I, that, like, yeah. and nor, and nor should we have one, right? There's going to yeah. be new evidence presented to us every day. We're testing and retesting our hypotheses and uh, and hoping some of the things we predicted come true, and some of them look like they're starting to. Yeah, let's look at some not so fast, and we knew it all along. DeAndre Swift, feel it? Uh, after that game, yes, I feel it because he seized an opportunity. This was something I talked about with Chris McPherson from the team's official website. He tore them a new ass last year when they played him. <laughs> this was the guy they wanted to get. Now, we saw going in, they wanted, they, they, it looked to them like Kenneth Gainwell was going to be that guy. Kenneth Gainwell lost an opportunity. DeAndre Swift took advantage of it. It's not to say DeAndre Swift's going to have 175 yards every damn week because he's not. It's not going to say that he's going to be the starter every damn week that he's not. But this is a murky situation with four players who are involved. And we're not going to know week to week who it is, I don't think. But next week, this coming week, it's DeAndre Swift. Yeah, I'm feeling that it is a murky situation that will still be... um, still hasn't been resolved until the end of the season. Mainly because when I watched DeAndre Swift, what I really saw was that he benefited greatly from the fact that they had a strong offensive line with a quarterback where the box counts are in their favor two to one or mm-hmm. even three to one in some regards because of the fact that you have to account for Jalen Hurts. And so Swift is still the same back that worked as got basically got kicked out of Detroit. Um, but the <laughs> fact of the matter is is that he is quick. He has good movement. He can catch the ball, and they get. And Jared Goff can't run, but Jalen Hurts can, and that gives that extra man advantage that the Lions can't count on. So they need somebody who's a little better between the tackles. But good for DeAndre Swift. Good for fantasy GMs. Will there be a Rashad Penny week at all this year? I if De- if if Rashad Penny has. Um, still has juice. Yes, absolutely. There might be four or five if he can stay Feeling healthy. It. Feeling it. Murky people, deal with it. Yes. Ryan Tannehill. You feeling Ryan Tannehill after this week compared to last week? Is it just the well, Superdome? Yeah, I mean, you have to feel it you know, a little <laughs> bit more this week. Sure, certainly he's feeling it. He said he knew he would bounce back, spread the ball around nicely, ran the ball well. He's capable of this. This is in him. We've seen it. As recently as two years ago, he was a top 10 fantasy quarterback. Uh, so, I mean, it's there. Would I be counting on it every week? Fuck that. Yeah, I would say this. I am totally feeling Ryan Tannehill keeping the Titans playoff hopes alive all year with his little bits of ups and downs. But overall, he's going to keep them competitive. Fantasy-wise, he's a bi-week starter with matchups. Feeling him as the Jets starting quarterback by week seven. Oh, they bet. I don't think the Jets want to give up what they'd have to give up to get him, probably, because I don't think, so I don't think Mike Rabel and Rand Carthon would go for that. But probably then again, not. they did pick Malik Willis and Will Levis, so who knows? Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. Are you feeling Russell Wilson? I'm feeling better about Russell Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> Still not feel like. So, you know, my complaint going into this week was the team can't score 20 points. Well, good for them. They scored 20 points. They probably should have scored more. Um, 
like the the Hail Mary was, you know, I mean, I'll give it to them because they they count, but right. you know, it was a little tenuous. Uh, they're getting, they seem to be getting better, and they're getting more pieces back. Although Greg Dulcich is gone, um, I I think they're going to get better. I think Sean Payton is going to make this offense better over time. I'm not feeling him as a starting quarterback in fantasy football though right now. Fuck that. I'm feeling him in a couple of leagues because I have to, but uh, but I, I I don't feel unbelievably comfortable with it yet, just because his receivers. I don't love Cortland Sutton. Um, Come on, man. I don't. I like Marvin Mims. I'd like to love I, Marvin Mims, but Randy you know, Johnson would like you to love him too. Yeah, and he might. I'm going to give him a good look today or maybe tomorrow to see what's the hell's going on there. But at this stage, I'll, I'll give Russell Wilson the benefit of the doubt because he's got Sean Payton, and we're looking at. Um, you know, his former coach Hackett in Kansas City, and you might think, hmm, fuck that. They've got a bunch of all-stars there, and they're barely winning games, if winning them at all. Um, it's only been two weeks. So, it's fuck that time. idea, Give too. It time. Give it time. Geno Smith, though. Are you feeling <laughs> Geno Smith? I feel Geno Smith. I think, I, I, I felt Geno Smith coming into the season, like, you know, we didn't have to draft him as the thing he finished as last year, right? People are still remain skeptical during draft season. I think that value is going to, he's going to more than return, you know, uh, that value and, and maybe end up closer to where he was, whether it's top 10, I don't know. Um, but I thought this game was pretty encouraging. Look, Detroit still, you know, <clears throat> defensively somewhat challenged. Uh, but in general, I mean, they have a good pass rush. They do some things really well. And uh, I thought he navigated it well. He has a great set of targets. And a pretty strong running game. So yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling Gino. So listen, listen, you know this, Bob, but I'm going to tell my tell our listeners. You know, I I edit the Football Guys Roundtable every week, and I jokingly refer to it as my attempts to troll our staff with questions that I <laughs> that I hope will trip them up in some way. That you know, I'm like like I'm putting them in the dunking booth. You know, that's my joke. I try and do it in a friendly way, but the you know the this time I was trying to do it on my buddy Bloom or our buddy Bloom because in his waiver wire he 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 recommended dropping Russell Wilson, Geno Smith, and Daniel Jones after week one. What? And I so I posed the question like. Or, you know, I listed those guys and I was like, no, he did recommend adding Sam Howell and and Jordan Love, which was, a you know, certainly good recommendations there. But I was like any, you know, I was posing the question because I wanted our staff to be like, no, I wouldn't drop Geno Smith. Are you kidding me? You know, but um, there were some folks that were like, I wouldn't touch Russell Wilson. I'd drop Geno Smith. It's early season. That's what happens in our industry. So Geno fuck no there's no way i would have ever dropped geno smith this early in the season with those weapons i know they were missing two let two tackles and certainly but the way he played against great you know man you yeah there's no way man i'm talking to america matt get out of my face that's right (laughs) that's basically what he's saying all right drake london though drake london he got a touchdown he got about 60 70 yards close to that say what were the targets the targets were were acceptable as well and i'm just going to go ahead and say uh that he remains uh you know i'm let me say it kindly i continue to feel him as a weekly decision as a wide receiver three i think that is a very diplomatic answer and i'm feeling that too i'll put it the other way i'm diplomatically which is that 
you can't fucking count on them because you don't know yeah. which week they're going to focus on you. Because know. you know, one side of the Atlanta crowd is going to scream about Kyle Pitts. The other side's going to be screaming about Drake London. And Arthur Smith's going to be doing this. <laughs> Look, basically it's, it's, like The Rock on SmackDown last week where they said, I... <laughs> You are an asshole, and on each side of the the screen, the, you know that's this, what's this going on. This is a Desmond here. Ritter question. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, there are going to be weeks where Desmond Ritter is better than other weeks. I thought he was great running football, by the way. The more they do that, the better off they're going to be. I think as a, both a passing offense and a running offense. Um, but this is, a, you know, Desmond Ritter's continued development as a passer is going to be key to this. Yeah, they manufactured targets for London, which was good. Um, they had a couple of nice plays that beyond that that were good. He's a good wide receiver. They, the quarterback is still a question, though he played well at the end of the at the game this week, and they did a little bit more for him. Um, Josh Reynolds, you feeling Josh Reynolds? Two touchdowns. I am one hundred percent feeling Josh Reynolds as long as they're. So let me just say, my, uh, you know, I play only DFS. I only play uh, tournaments, right? Uh, I like to have a handful of lottery tickets to, to sit around and gaze at while I watch games. Um, many of those lottery tickets yesterday had a Goff, uh, Reynolds, somebody else stack for that Detroit game. And <clears throat> needless to say, I broke even. Look, winning in, in tournaments is breaking even, right? I mean, you know, yeah. like, uh, one day I'll get that many, many millions of dollars. But in the meantime, not losing is great. Josh Reynolds looks like a guy who will do that for you, help you not lose. I think there's upside there until there's Jamison Williams is back. And, I mean, this is a connection that goes back to their time in L.A. I mean, this is not a... A new thing so i think that's uh i think i'm feeling josh reynolds for what he is right yeah. a, a guy that you didn't probably invest in heavily who is going to pay off handsomely uh from week to week yeah I, i'm always feeling josh reynolds as a late round option and you look at we don't know if jameson williams is going to ever be what he was supposed to be um you know and <clears> I, I look at that partly because there, there is a little bit of a maturity factor and an injury factor as well so i i'm hoping that's the case Marvin Jones ain't doing much right now. So Josh William, Josh Reynolds seems to be the guy. And I'm on Ross St. Brown. I mean, you know, a little, you know, a little banged up, I thought, you know, in this yeah. game. So we're going to see. Puka Nakua. Okay, I mean, can we get to him this week? <clears throat> How can we not feel this, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, if you watched, you have to feel it. But just the numbers by themselves. I mean... That's like, I, I want to just like look up the historical perspective here because it's incredible. Uh, 115 passes, 147 yards, that's 25. So he's broke the NFL single game record for receptions by a rookie. He set a new overall mark with 25 catches in the first two games of his career. The 15 targets in week one were the most targets ever for a wide receiver in week one, a rookie wide receiver in week one. Uh, recorded 10 catches, 119 yards uh, with his 10th catch on Sunday. He broke Earl Camp Cooper's record. For the most receptions by a player through his first two games. I mean, like he broke the 100-yard receiving mark to become the first player to record 10 receptions and 100 receiving yards in each of his first two games. So there's a role. There's a role here. There's a role for him. And, like, we'll see what happens when Cooper Cup comes out, but he's not playing full-time yeah. in the slot. So I think this is a – this is sticky in terms of that there's a role. But we should – like, if you talk to people in L.A. throughout the summer, they were telling you about this guy. They were saying this guy's name. Yeah. Probably not because they thought he was going to be this good, but they thought that there was a plan for him. And in case he was something, they wanted to be the ones who had said something about him. You get a lot of that, like in this yeah. business, right? People want to say, hey, this guy's looking pretty good. And even if they don't really, even if they're a little skeptical, they want to hedge a little bit. Yeah. And there was a lot of hedging about Puka Nakua, who like seems like, you know, based on his, you know, 
all the metrics, right? The spark scores and all those things has no business doing this. And so maybe that makes him even more intriguing than he actually is. Uh, It's just a good spot with a good quarterback. He's getting the looks. He's earning the looks. And uh, and by the way, I I totally uh, feel horrible about all the mean things I said about Tutu Atwell being a skinny little man. Oh, I've enjoyed banging on Tutu Atwell, but he's played very tough. Um, and so I, I, he deserves a lot of credit. I still think the wind can blow him through the uprights with a good stiff breeze if he comes to Cleveland. We'll see if that happens with the lake effect winds. Um, but no, he plays tough at the catch point. Credit to him. Puka Nakua, I'm giving, you know, I'm feeling the fact that Cooper Cup is out, that he's getting this many targets, but I'm also feeling the fact that. He is understanding the coverages and settling where he's supposed to. He's being able to handle guys like Traverius Ward, who's a very good corner, and being able to get early separation. So is he a, the next superstar wide receiver? No, it's going to calm down. Well, I think he already is the weeks. next superstar wide receiver at the moment. But yes, I agree. When yeah. Cooper Cup comes back, it'll be a limiting factor, but I don't think he goes away. No, he's not Chase. He's right. not the next Chase Claypool. Right. He's, he's going to have Chase Claypool-type numbers. Um, to begin and then when it calms down he's going to be a four to five catch per game type of guy which is still good you know jordan jordan love loving jordan love loving jordan love i mean you talk you like them you've heard me pound this table throughout the course of the offseason this is not about jordan love as much as it is about the packers organization having trust in a professional organization to do a professional thing which is not let Aaron Rodgers run his way out of town without thinking they had some something in their hip pocket that might be serviceable or better. And he is. He's serviceable and better. Yeah, and I, I brought him up again because I finally got to really watch him this week against Atlanta. Loved his timing. The timing and anticipation, the rhythm in which he moves from progression to progression was really strong, and that's something that I was looking for. Um, at, he's been reading the field pretty well. Um, one thing that I haven't seen a lot of is a great deal of manipulation yet. He's not quite at that stage. Um, and I've also seen in this game, he made one bad play and it let him tilt a little bit on the next play. <laughs> now, at Utah State, he would often tilt for three to five plays towards the end of the game. This one, he only <laughs> tilted for two. Um, but it's so he's getting better. What, what do we think about the plan, though? The plan was. Uh, to surround him with a bunch of young receivers and let them grow together. I think this is a great idea, and it's going to pay off uh, huge dividends down the road for the for the Packers, especially well, with a city, coach like Matt LaFleur. I'm feeling a city owning a team that actually has their act together and has been doing it a while um, because now they don't have an owner who acts like Jim Irsay or the Cleveland Browns owner or <clears throat> Daniel Snyder, you know, anybody who just decides they're playing fantasy football with their team and make some crazy decisions now one decision that wasn't crazy if you ask me was anthony richardson um i'm feeling him but i'm not feeling the fact that they want to run him into the ground this early in his career uh like well i mean i hope i would like him to stay healthier he's been beat up each of the first two games number one every quarterback uh should probably start following and it's to be determined the story's not yet written on Tua tonga valoa's ability to avoid head issues but he's put a lot of work into it yeah right including learning how to fall which if you look at what happened to anthony richardson this week was him falling back and bouncing his head i think teams would be wise to make an investment <sighs> considering quarterbacks cost you a half a billion dollars these days uh to uh invest in somebody who can teach them how to fall every time they get hit 
right? Or to help them yeah. better mitigate the risks uh, associated with the hits they're going to take, especially if you're going to put them in that position. Uh, we've talked about this before with Shane Steichen, I think, being the ideal coach uh, to, to land Anthony Richardson. He's worked two great young quarterbacks into in successful situations with different approaches. Um, perhaps at some point he will merge those approaches and we'll see less running and less focus on the run and more focus on the passing. But I think something you said all along that I've hung my hat on is that Anthony Richardson is better at passing than everyone has given him, given him credit for. Yeah. And I'm hoping we see we get a chance to see more of that. I'm feeling the I'm feeling the joke that or I'm feeling the trend I'm going to see in about three to five years of suburban quarterback dads enrolling their young sons <laughs> in middle school and high school into jujitsu, um, you know, to teach them learn how to tumble. Um, Kenneth Walker. Let's just take this together. Kenneth Walker, Zach Charbonnet. Feeling them? Feeling one of them? Oh, I feel Kenneth Walker. I felt Kenneth Walker all along. There's a reason I felt Kenneth Walker, and yesterday's game was the example why. Uh, look, Zach Charbonnet may be, may be better. He may turn out to be better. He may be more capable, uh, but he is not the guy right now because that's what not what Pete Carroll has done forever. Well, in my entire adult lifetime. Uh, no, and we can go back. The Chris Carson was the guy, and Rashad Penny got there. Chris Carson was still the guy until he couldn't be. Rashad Penny was the guy until he couldn't be. Uh, Kenneth Walker is going to be the guy until he can't. And, uh, and at that point, he, you know, they'll work the replacement. It, it seems like most of these cases, um, this is, I mean, it's been pretty predictable. We saw Zach Charbonnet come in and get a nice first down. They get a few carries after that. Uh, and I got a little worried and said, are we seeing a shifting of approaches? What? No, no. Here comes Kenneth Walker back in the game. I feel like this is the Pete Carroll approach and, and he's going to stick with it. And I'm going to keep playing it. Uh, that way, I think expecting Kenneth Walker to continue getting 65, 70 percent of the workload seems more than reasonable and i don't know if zach is going to keep up with uh dj dallas until he takes so until something happens to walker i would argue that kenneth walker is maybe the most athletic mover of the running backs in the nfl and in terms of the way that he great. can yeah the way that he can turn that inside foot and <clears throat> open his hips so quickly and be able to get outside it, i don't think there's another back thing to do it i saw somebody on twitter say there's a there's a young running back in Atlanta who can do that. And I'm like, no, I love B. John Robinson as much as the next guy. Uh, maybe not as much as the guy from Pflugerville, Texas, who who did say that to me. But it, Kenneth Walker is a little more agile than, than Robinson. Robinson's got great stop-start ability. Um, Walker's ability to open his hips is, uh, there's, there's no one better. So I'm feeling him as the starter for the reasons you stated. But Zach Charbonnet is a banger. I love the fact that he is as physical as he is. They commented during the telecast that he that he approached the game like a veteran immediately coming into training camp. So his time is coming, but his time is not right now. Um, but definitely got invested in Dynasty. Um, Kyron Williams, are you feeling Kyron Williams as a fantasy <clears throat> starter? Uh, yes. Uh, look, Cam Akers' time is done in L.A. So, here here's what I want to feel. I, I feel like I'd like to be a fly on the wall inside that organization's headquarters to see how disastrous uh, the what Cam Akers did. Right, yeah. To see how disastrous the activities have been. Like we saw it last year, right? They totally bailed him. They sent him away for a period of time. He came back and he was fantastic. Uh, whether his attitude changed at all, I don't know, but his play on the field was phenomenal down the stretch. He was a top five fantasy running back. He was 
putting up huge totals. He looked running behind, great. Running behind one of the worst offensive lines he, in all of football, right? Yeah, he so looked we, awesome. So we come in this year, and there was a little bit of buzz from, again, the same people maybe talking about Puka Nakua maybe being a thing, saying, man, they kind of like Kyron Williams a little bit too. And I thought, yeah, they probably do like Kyron Williams a little bit. But Cam Akers is there, and Cam Akers proved himself down the stretch to me. Clearly, there are issues beyond what he's doing on the field. Uh, the talk is they'll trade him. The fact that he was inactive, you know, tells you that it's gone gone somewhere where it should not have gone. Maybe something related to week one where you had mentioned he did not get very many fortuitous carries, yeah. right? <laughs> you know, he was, he was put in bad spots. Maybe Kyron Williams was put in better spots. Whatever the case, yeah. that part of it's done. Let's go to the Kyron Williams part. Eyeball test. Against a really tough defense, I thought he looked really good yesterday. So uh, I feel him as a fan, as a starting fantasy asset, a running back too. Yeah, I feel the Rams the way that they use him right now, in the sense that they are getting man-on-man advantages in the box. Um, a lot of it is still that the 49ers were expecting some pass situations where they run, like a third and one touchdown, <clears throat> where they ran to the left side and the linebackers were playing well off the line. There was an it was a seven-man box, but it was really you know they were going to get to the second level on those linebackers and that and and so when i see kyron williams in this regard i don't think he's a long-term starter in terms of like 10 to i would say 12 to 16 games from now they're going to be looking elsewhere but it depends because when you look at cam Akers right now they're probably going to trade and that and if they don't like if zach evans was benched for similar reasons as Cam Akers, because they talked, Laura Oakman reported this. She said it was a cultural thing. They have a young culture, and they're trying to keep these guys in line. If Zach Evans didn't start either, and she said that he, A, that that Cam Akers didn't do what he was expected to do, and he didn't take accountability. That was the two tendency violated. Well, I'll tell you this. The Rams have, what, $80 billion of dead cap money this year. They're gearing up for next year when they have a first pick, uh, first-round pick again for the first time in both of our combined adult lives. Um, and uh, and I think they're, you know, they're maybe doing a little house cleaning, right? And maybe I, maybe, <clears throat> maybe I should have taken some of that into account. But, but to pretend I saw any of this coming. Oh, I didn't. I was very high on Cam Akers. Right. And I was I, – I was – you know, I was fine with being, a, you know, contrarian in that regard in some in some spaces where I saw a lot of people who weren't. So I'm I feel I'm totally with you on that. But you know, you don't know what's going. You figured it was resolved. He was in good shape. You know, they were talking positive about what's going on. Took all of one game for it to fall apart. Yeah, I, I we both love to know. Calvin Austin the <clears throat> third tonight against the Cleveland Browns. Are you feeling him as a potential fantasy option in this Kenny Pickett offense? Of the if you look if like by you. Calvin Austin the third, you mean Allen Robinson too? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would. I'm feeling Allen Robinson too. I've, I felt him before the season as well, so I'm feeling pretty good about that one as a late round guy. But I, I love me some Calvin Austin, and I think he could be a really big play. Component. My mind is open. Yeah open I, yeah my, my mind oh. is open i'm willing to be convinced i'm feeling him from the position of where we can get him which is essentially for free and free. we're rolling the dice but the skills are there sam right. laporta you feeling sam laporta yeah i'm feeling him targets have been steady couple you know six targets i mean, maybe the role grows a little bit uh our boy josh reynolds uh the limiting factor there <laughs> no there's <clears throat> 
I, I think that role is sticky for him. Yes. I think expecting that, you know, that middle, you know, half dozen or more. I think that I think we're kind of working at the floor because it's early in the season and we'll see that work up as we go forward. Yeah, I mean, he made some tough plays in that game. He's he and when you see a young tight end transition as well as he does or work across the field and undercut the coverage that he was facing and make plays like that, he looks like a veteran. He can run real routes and he and he moves very well after the catch. So I think he's one of the three best tight ends of the rookie class and he's looking like maybe the best performing one right now if you ask me um kendrick Bourne, still feeling him after <laughs> this weekend yeah, yeah i mean i i kind of feel him for what he is look nobody should be forcing any of these uh new england wide receivers not named hunter henry who's not necessarily a wide receiver but you shouldn't be for forcing any of these receiving assets into your lineups this offense is better there's no doubt about it mac jones is I'm going to go slightly better than serviceable. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and I think there's going to be weeks where Kendrick Ford comes up big, and hopefully those are the weeks you end up having to use him. And hopefully, though, most weeks you don't have to use him because you barely drafted him. I think, you know, Devontae Parker, I feel the same at. He's probably more likely to have been a player drafted. But I think he's going to be, you know, a, a guy who can help you avoid zeros during injury and bye weeks and uh, the sort of attrition. And, uh, and, and I think that's that's about the best you can hope for from these guys with some occasional big games. Yeah, Devonta um, Parker, when he was um, a prospect out of Louisville, I remember someone asking him, you know, how he works at the game, and he mentioned something in effect that I, I rely on my God-given ability, and I, I'd say he's still relying on his God-given ability. Maybe say that like it's a bad thing. Yeah, I am. Um, I know. Judger. I know. That's Fuck what I'm that. saying. I know. <laughs> but... Uh, I'd like to see, I'd like to say I, I study the tape and I work on my craft, but you know, he craft, what's that? You know, I think he thought, dude, it was I want him to just work on being healthy. Yeah. He thought it was like a food <laughs> brand. I think that's what, that's what craft was to him. But you know, Kendrick Bourne. Yeah. I'm feeling him still. Um, they, they definitely supplied some good, some targets, but just Mac Jones overshot him a few times yep. on some yep. big plays. So it'll come. Jakey Ferguson, Dallas Cowboys. Looks like he had a rebound game. Yeah, How I mean, Dak feels him, so I will slightly feel him as one of those emergency plays at a position where sometimes you need an emergency play. Yeah, well, Brees Hall, it seems like he's in an emergency with Zach Wilson. <laughs> right? What did you think? How do you feel about him the past two weeks? Um, so I, I was skeptical uh, going into last week, I didn't want to force him into lineups or going into this week, I guess I should say. I, well, I was skeptical going into week one, right? And he came out, to me, it looked like, you know, and th that first week, he got like a, a courtesy carry, right? And he took it down the road a little ways. And they said, well, hell, we'll give him another courtesy carry. And he continued taking him down the road a ways. <laughs> and, and that's what it was based on, right? And so, look, they keep telling us they're going to be careful with him. They keep telling us he's on a snap count. They're telling us what the plan is. And, like, there may be weeks where he outperforms the plan. Yeah. When he averages 12.7 yards a carry on his 10 touches. But expecting him to get a full workload and for that to be successful every week for you as a fantasy manager seems like a little bit of a reach to me. Uh, Dalvin Cook's going to be a limiting factor, although neither of them did a damn thing against the Cowboys. By the way, can we just say Micah Parsons? MVP. Looks like looks like the best player in football yeah. right now right league mvp absolutely feeling that and Brees hall I'll, I'll put it this way i was unbelievably impressed with how he played in week one
because his burst was not quite there. His long speed definitely wasn't there. He got caught from behind in a he's couple He's no Raheem Mostert. You know, not right now, <laughs> you know. And he's usually got, he's usually relying on those LaShawn McCoy cuts, those <laughs> sharp, hard right. cuts. And he was changing his stride length and not using those cuts and still making people miss. So I was super impressed with what he has in his toolbox to be able to still run knowing that he's not at his full physical capability. Right. But I'm super depressed by the Jets situation um, when it comes to they don't have their quarterback with Zach Wilson. And, and of course, they did face the be one of the best defenses in the NFL so last week. I just want to say this again, right? Like for all the Garrett Wilson investors out there who are just saying, fuck this season, <laughs> fuck this season. Look at the play he made. Uh, thinking Zach Wilson gets better enough to replicate the hodgepodge of quarterbackery we saw for New York last year. To think he improves to, I don't know, Mike White level, like doesn't seem like an incredible stretch of the imagination. Like maybe maybe he doesn't get, you know, uh, he's not a consistent productive player, but thinking he can fuel the fantasy fortunes of a guy who was the offensive rookie of the year last year without a bunch of good quarterbacks, I think Garrett Wilson people don't panic. Look, I'm right next to you on the screen and I'm stretching as far as I can to get to between you know, to get to Mike White level is Zach Wilson here. And I don't feel like I'm quite getting there, but, uh, but the I process. like the sentiment. I like the sentiment, but, uh, but I'm not sure when they said he's light years ahead. He's I got a $36 like... million dollar quarterbacks coach. Something's got to give. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll say this. I hope you guys have the rapport between you find someone to work with. Like I get to work with Bob Harris at, you have the rapport that Mac Jones and Hunter Henry have, oh. you know? Yeah, because, man, that's a that's some rapport right there. But, uh, Bob, thanks for uh, thanks for illegally blocking downfield but still allowing <laughs> me to hit the, the touchdown pass and nobody to notice that it happened. Feeling it, man. Feeling yeah, it. We'll feeling talk it. next week. Right. Love, Love you. Love you. Bye. bye.